Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Psychic America. This is Tracy Brown coming to you today, October. Oh, hell. October 25th, 2014. Oh, damn it. There's fruit flies in my room. What the hell? Oh, man, I have to figure out what food is rotting in this room. Damn it. It's weird. All right, I'll figure it out. Hi, everyone. <laughs> How are you? Um, today, well, let me tell you, yesterday I went to this for my mentor. I don't know how much of you all know that my mentor passed away um, with cancer. She was diagnosed. Um, she was diagnosed, and then within two weeks, she was gone. She had a rare form of cancer that sucked the, uh, the breath out of her lungs. So. so I wanted to read um, my statement for her. See if I can find it. Okay. I'm going to read it um, for you guys that I read to her. This is for Sheila Presley. Sheila Presley is my mentor. We come to each other for a reason or a season. We've all heard that before. Sheila came to me for both. The season was exceptionally short, but our crosswords was pleasant. Good morning, Sheila, I would say to her, and she would respond with a giggle, Good morning, Tracy. And she would giggle because she knew I would have a fabulous tale to tell her about my dramatic event during the week. You see, Sheila and I only met on the weekends. So, Tracy, she would tell me, what's been going on with you all week? And I would sit in her cubicle, and she and I would talk and talk, and we'd giggle and we laugh. And this went on for months. Then the moment came when I didn't have funny stories to tell, but sad ones, really, really sad ones. And this lasted for two years. And Sheila would just listen, and she would console. And when I cry, she just let me cry. But throughout the tears, She never judged me, never judged my tears, and helped me to find joy in my sadness. She taught me by example how to just be me, how to find the light and the darkness. She taught me that everything was beautiful, that my stories were beautiful, and she gave me her stories, and they were beautiful. Most importantly, she taught me compassion, to see the other's point of view, and to love regardless. Tracy, she used to say, good or bad, God is in the details, already been authorized. Well, who knew that Sheila's death would be authorized on August 12, 2014? 
but it was also authorized that everyone know her and had a moment in time with her. Thank you, Sheila, for showing up. Thanks for not forgetting your direction in life so that we all could carry some part of you with us as we continue our journey. But most importantly, thank you for being so kind. And in the words of Mother Teresa, there are only three things we need to do in life. The first is to be kind. The second is to be kind. And the third is to be kind. Okay, that's my dedication to Sheila Presley with Memorial Service was yesterday. I love you, Sheila. Let's get the show started, people. I'm going to bring Malcolm, the ordinary sports political guy, aboard. Uh-oh. Oh, oh wait. Hmm. Sorry, guys. Hi, Malcolm. Hey, what's up, Tracy? <laughs> how you doing? I am fine. I wonder, <laughs> how are you doing? I was in your uh, territory yesterday. <clears throat> you were what? I was in your, I don't know if it's your neighborhood, but I was in Riverside. Is that the Inland Empire still? That is still the Inland Empire, not in my neighborhood, but it is still the <laughs> same ballpark, I guess. Same ballpark. I was in Riverside yesterday. Um, okay. I bite while we're in Riverside. <laughs> <laughs> you have to bite. Uh, yeah. You- Remember my um, mentor? You actually met her, Sheila Presley, we, when we went to Corona that time? Yes. She passed away in August, but the service was yesterday. Oh, sorry to hear that. Um, she's the one okay. with the daughter. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, they were a very interesting group of people. Um she was a nice lady. Exactly. She was a nice lady. And that's what like came across yesterday. I, I love when the stories are consistent. So she was simply nice. Yes, she was. She was a person after my own heart because when we were sitting there talking to her, she had on okay. uh, at MSNBC or CNBC, whichever <laughs> one she had on. And, yes. <laughs> you know, an information junkie. Yes. Yes. Person after my own heart. Yeah. And that was another thing that came across, that she was an avid book reader. You know, she absorbed information. She absorbed, um, she loved politics. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't even, I noticed that, yeah, yeah, she's, she's an information junkie, no doubt. And like I said, sorry to hear that. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Martin. So, 
We didn't get to oh. do the show last week. Yeah, that was a shame. I know. I really screwed up. Let me apologize to everyone. I put the show for 15 minutes. Oh, and then I put the show for 15 minutes, and then they wouldn't let me create another show when, for what I pay, I'm allowed to have up to two hours a day, right? And then they sent me an email apologizing that they had a computer glitch, and I thought, oh, okay, I... I thought something else happened, but they admitted that there was a, a systems problem with them. So good. Now that you're, uh, but you're up back and running this week, and that's the important thing. Yes, I am. Well, there's no fair because I was actually doing it during the fair. I'm just one of those people. I believe in you know being dedicated um, to what's important to me, and I had a fair last week, but the radio show is equally as important to me. So I blocked off the two hours from the fair to do the radio show and couldn't do it. But I tried. I really did try, everyone. Well, that's important trying. Like like the one of my favorite characters says, onward and upward, right? <laughs> onward and upward. <laughs> Who says that? Um, did you ever see Toy Story? Oh, well, never mind. Anyway, I'm sure you, you've been watching the news this week, Tracy, huh? Or maybe you I've been it. trying. I, I've been trying. It's been an odd bit of a week. So let's see what you well, got, and I'll let you know if I picked up on anything. Well, it's actually been a really, really crazy week because, you know, you have this Ebola stuff, but you also have terrorist concerns because there's been a couple of incidents that they want to label as terrorism, which I don't really label as terrorism. I label it crazy because you had the guy in uh, uh, Canada attack the parliament. Yes. He actually killed, killed a soldier at uh, the, uh, their war memorial. And then he dashed over to and tried to enter the parliament and promptly they killed him. And then there was another attack in, in New York City where this guy with an axe ran up to a couple of police officers and <clears throat> commenced his chopping on them. And then he was shot and killed by some other police officers. But they also shot a lady by accident because, you know, you know what I find? <laughs> in times of extreme emotion, the majority mm-hmm. of people can't shoot straight. So you, know, mm-hmm. you see that a lot with police officers. You know, they'll go to the, the they they go to their training sites and they shoot and practice and probably hit the target most of the time. But when they pull it out and there's a confrontation, they typically miss and shoot a lot of other people in the bus. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunate. Very unfortunate. But but, I, I think your point to this, to this, to these particular stories is that they're calling them, like the new word is ISIS, the new word is terrorist, and it's not necessarily so, but. Well, just, you know, what, 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 like, yeah, because what happened is, you know, you got people who had looked up, you know, these uh, organizations and they looked up, you know, converting to Islam. But, I mean, they, they didn't. They probably didn't bother to actually read up on what they were converting to because, I mean, the Quran doesn't 
you know, a lot of people think that, you know, if you become a Muslim, now you're, you have to join in on this worldwide jihad, but that's not what the Quran says. <laughs> it really doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so a lot of non-Muslims look at the, the Quran as an evil book, and it's not. I mean, it really is no more evil than the Bible, but the problem is you got mm-hmm. people who are jumping on the bandwagon, so to speak, and, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of these idiots, like the, the guy in New York, you know, recently converted. But I would dare to say, if you asked him about it, he probably wouldn't have a clue of what the religion's about. You know, but you got these jihadist organizations like uh, ISIS or uh, whatever they want to call themselves today, um, who are asking people to sign up and join. I mean, they actually convinced you know these three teenage girls from I'm trying to remember where somewhere uh Colorado, but to try to fly over and join up. I mean, so they put out this, this information out here that, you know, like, come and join us, be part with us, but barely. It's the wrong message. That's all I can say. It's the wrong message. So when you say they try to incorporate girls, am I a little confused by that incorporation? Well, see, what it is is they're trying to get. They're trying to convert pretty much everybody. So, you know, as far as the girls go, they want them to come over and possibly be fighters or possibly be wives, you know, because, of course, as a, you know, that practicing Muslim, you have to have, you know, a couple of 72 versions. No, the 72 uh, versions. Look, you're talking about... Is that the same group? The 72 what? Virgins. The 72 virgins? Is that the same you, group? I think, I don't know if there's a, if there's a, I don't know if I haven't heard about a group called that, but I do know that if you can, if you martyr yourself as a, as a Muslim, you know, one of the right. perks would be to, to get a whole bunch of virgins in, in paradise, which when you're with God, but, you know, Ooh, know. Yeah, that's, I apologize. That's the one I'm talking about. Like if you martyr yourself, then in paradise, you can have 72 virgins. No, well, they're just trying to get some virgins to come over now. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was asking what the purpose was. I'm a little confused if you're trying to incorporate girls at this point. Well, you know, it, it, guys like girls, and so they're just trying to get them to come over. I'm, I'm sure there's probably not a whole lot running around the battlefield, so they're like. Were there some girls considering in Colorado? There, I, I'm. And I'm not sure if it's Colorado exactly because I don't have access to computers because I'm fixing somebody else's computer right now. So um, bottom okay. line is, is you had these three girls that had flown over, and, you know, they were young. They were like 15. And mm-hmm. they, were, they were stopped before they got, you know, they, I think they found them in Germany and were stopped in Germany. But they had gotten that far. Interesting. Interesting. You know, because yeah, they were trying to get over. But you, but you got a lot of people who, you know, I think if, see, they were young. And so it's easy to, to influence the young. It's also easy, easy to influence the crazy, which is what I think mm-hmm. these guys, this guy in, in Canada and this other guy in New York, I think they were the crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. Because I think your normal, average, sane individual, when you say, hey, I want you to join this fight and, you know, basically – you will die. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, you know, but that's, yeah, that's the other part of their message right now, to try to 
convince Muslims around the world to join their fight. You know, let's be down with us. And, uh, you know, whatever we're doing. And yeah, here's the other part of this whole scenario. I think I told mm-hmm. you early on that, that one of the things that they're doing is they're, you know, they're, they're robbing and looting. So in the past couple of months, they've come up on like $120 million in, in seizures and then another $20 million in, in ransom payments. So they're banking money left and right, which is another way of uh, being able to get their message out. Like, you know, because if you have a lot of money, money is what makes the world go around. We all know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're they're able to, they've been able successfully to uh, gather a lot of it. I mean, I wish I had the, the skills to do what they're doing because they're making money hand over foot. But then again, I'd have to raise the pillage too, so. Yeah, right. Right. Anyway, and as I was thinking about what we would talk about during the week, there's so many depressing things on the list. It's just, it's the the world has gotten to be really depressing lately. I don't know if you noticed that, but. Look, is it is it depressing or is it like numbing? And then when you're kind of forced to talk about it. Like when you have to create, and this I'm talking about just you, when you have to create your list about what you're going to talk about, is it then that you notice that it's a little depressing or has it always been kind of depressing? I don't think it's been this bad. I mean, because, you know, lately, I mean, look at the stuff with the Ebola. I mean, you know, yeah. everything you, you, you look at, I mean, even sports, which is usually been my escape, sports is a little depressing from all of our stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know, you got this mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, even even look at the Ebola stuff that's happening. You got these nurses, and initially they were they wanted to blame the black nurse for you know getting on the plane and doing this stuff. But then you know, this week she nobody had a can blame her. She she called she called the CDC. Nobody call. can blame she her. Called. She, she called. called the CDC, and they said, "Oh, right. go ahead, take your flight." So right, you know, but you know, but. Now you got this doctor who came back in New York, and he got on the subway, he went bowling. He did a lot of stuff. And he has the Ebola virus, or he has the symptoms? Uh, Well, he tested positive for Ebola. They have him in isolation now. But apparently he's doing okay, which also goes into my my thoughts. I'm not a doctor, but, you know, it, it seems like if, you know, anybody who doesn't have it badly, but they're treated well within, you know, and they catch them early here in the United States yes. of America, we have pretty good mm-hmm. health care. So, you know, those nurses are, you know, after it seems like about a week or so, they're both Ebola free. They let the, uh, yeah. uh, the Asian girl, Nina Pham, out of the out of the hospital. You know, they had the press conference yesterday, and she promptly flew and met with the president of the United States and gave him a hug. So, <laughs> I saw that. That was to show us that we are not in a contagious state of mind. And mostly that's what I've been, you know, because I, I talk to a lot of different people. And it's funny how, you know, you, the media. Their job lately to me has been to scare people to death, and they've been doing a pretty good yes. job at it. So. Yes. 
Wow, but wait a second. We're talking about ignorant folks, and I'm not talking about you personally, but the media preys on us, ignorant. And they did the same thing with Sophie and um, the Olympics. And they're like, oh, my God, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. We're so afraid. Nothing happened. By the way, how come we don't have an epidemic no, we here? Don't. We not have we not even close. We have maybe five cases. Maybe maybe we went up to five cases. That's what we have. And the media well, is and, making it seem like we have an epidemic. And mostly the cases that you're getting are are people coming in who are healthcare workers. But I don't know if you're aware mm-hmm. of because it just came up today that New York and New Jersey have put in. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're coming back from one of these areas and you have worked with people there, it's automatically going to put you in isolation, even if you're. you're mm-hmm. Whether you're symptomatic or not, which is kind of going to kind of discourage healthcare workers from even going over and, and helping the people who actually have it, which well, is really a big problem. Right, and I didn't mean good that way because they do need to help over there. But I have to tell you, my hold on now, my son and grandson came back from JFK, and in my mind, of course, I'm thinking. You know, they're in the New York area. JFK could be ground zero for, you know, because all the African planes, they come, you know, to JFK. They don't necessarily go to LaGuardia. It's an international airport. They come to JFK. And then it's the meeting point to go elsewhere, right? So they come in 20 days ago, and I have since gotten sick, right? But... I also yeah, got. But you know, wait, wait, wait. Uh, <laughs> wait, I, wait. I also got. What you got, probably got was the flu, if you got anything. Okay, I was. I was going to say. Well, it definitely is a cold, but I I got the flu shot a week ago last Monday, and then this past Tuesday I took a pneumonia shot, which I've never had before. So between a. They have yeah. Did you know they had pneumonia shots? I took a pneumonia, I, I pneumonia shot. I didn't know they had pneumonia shots. I do know they have flu shots. And, uh, well, let me tell everybody. you. Let me tell you, they have pneumonia shots. I took it. So <clears throat> I'm not at my memorial service yet, and I've had stomach pains like you can't imagine. Like, it's really, really bad. And I can't present it to anyone. I can't show anyone how sick I am. But I was supposed to give a, a speech, which I, I, what I said yesterday at the memorial service, everyone, I put in the beginning of the radio show. But as I'm waiting to go up, I can't. I'm sick. So I look at my friend next to me, and that person is like, just leave. And I was like, okay. So I laughed. <laughs> I did. I laughed. I pulled myself together, came back, was able to give my speech. But I'm still sick throughout the whole day. I come home last night, and my son and my grandson is there, and I noticed this baby is sick. So now I've decided that, that my house is we're patient zero now. I'm totally convinced I've got Ebola. You know, and I'm I'm even more convinced. <laughs> I'm even more convinced I, I got it from this baby, okay? <laughs> and I'm I am happy about this. 
Well, and I understand uh-huh. there's a lot of stuff going around us, but I'm 99.9% sure you do not have Ebola, and what you have is right. the cold, and you will get right. better. You know, you but here's the just thing. It's true. But here's the thing. I've decided to make my son completely crazy. So. That's too bad. I, I like it. your son. <laughs> <laughs> I convinced him that his baby, his ground zero, patient zero, this kid got Ebola. But if you take this kid to the hospital right now. But remember... I, I'm also thinking I'm as sick as this child. I don't go anywhere. I stay. I send my son off with his baby. Well, I mean, it's, it's not a, you know, when babies get sick, mm-hmm. most parents end up taking their, their kids to the doctor. I mean, that's just, that's normal parent parental behavior. It, not a problem. It really enough. is. It really is. You know, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, because you, it's a little more difficult to treat a kid with over-the-counter medication as it is to treat yourself. You know, most of us, yes. we can take the Tylenol, we'll be fine. You know, but mm-hmm. you have to be careful with children. You know, you don't want to give them too much. You don't want to kill them by trying to cure them. So, you know, let but them, you uh, also don't want to ignore them. symptoms. You don't want to ignore symptoms. No, so no, you don't. You, you I mean, broke you know, out. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just gonna say, little kids, they come down with a such a wide variety of things, you know. And even right. those things such as a ear infection, you know, can mm-hmm. you know, do a lot of damage. So you got to definitely look into whatever your children have. Malcolm, you can actually go deaf from an ear infection. Uh, there's a lot of things that can happen from an ear infection. So, exactly. Um, and, okay. and, yes, deaf so, is one of them. Yeah. Okay, so I don't go because of the same reason you just stated. You know, I can get myself better, but I've convinced my son this kid is patient zero. There are no cases in California, but I'm convinced, you know, this kid has it taken to the ER, which he does, and he had a little rash on top of it. It turns out he had a rash all over his body. He's allergic to something, to something, and not Ebola. So I told my son, I was like, I was like, do you want to get seen right away because I'm pretty confident the ER in this stage, you know, everybody's sick, every baby's sick, blah, 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 blah. I was like, you want to get seen right away? Tell them you flew in from JFK. They'll see him right away. <laughs> Probably. I mean, because, you know, they're not <laughs> the, the news either. So, so if you know that, a, you know, a doctor in New York, you know, and there's people coming through that have mm-hmm. a particular... Mm-hmm. Uh, malady, they, yeah, they would probably see you immediately as well. You like to come on in, <laughs> first on the list. <laughs> in any case, no Ebola in my house, and people, there's, there's not an epidemic. There's not an epidemic of Ebola. The news media oh, is scaring people. They, but they're scaring Although, people. They're doing it on purpose. Well, they're they're scaring people in a lot of different ways, and, and you know, and that ties into some of the other stuff I want to talk about. But yeah, I mean, what you see on TV, it's all fear mongering. So you know, you get out there, and, and you know, I'm surprised anybody leaves their house because they should be like, you know, just cowering in fear in their bedrooms. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing: I'm finding that the people that I listen to that give me the news, I'm finding that they're completely ignorant. Because when you follow Jimmy Kimmel, right. I watch Jimmy Kimmel at night. And so when there's something crazy, it's a, it's, and it's constant, it's a constant um, 
video feeds on all the networks throughout the country. You know, you find that they say the same things over and over. It doesn't matter if it's in Kansas, California, New York. They're getting their information from the same place, Malcolm. So where is, truly, where is the education? For me, where is the education? So I'm finding that they're ignorant. I kind of look at the news media nowadays with the faulty kind of twist in my, you know what I mean? Like I'm not like, feed me, feed me. Well, I'm not believing them anymore. Because if you, and a good example of this is I was watching the news conference <laughs> yesterday when when they were releasing the nurse from the hospital and the doctor who treated her was being uh-huh. asked questions by the press. And the questions that they were asking, was, you know, it's almost, I could see the doctor's face. He was like, man, these are some really crazy, stupid people. <laughs> Watch them. Uh-huh. Like and that's not yes. that there aren't press people out there who have a brain, but it seems like a lot of them don't. And, and that's so. all I'm trying to say as well. But um, just before you get on to the next topic, Lavender chimed in, and she said, talking about, like, the whole ISIS thing, and she says, I guess people forgot that the original boogeyman was al-Qaeda. Now we have ISIS. <clears throat> well, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Lavin is talking about the Ebola, but she also put, I'm in BK, BK meaning Brooklyn, right now, low-key, freaking out about this French toast I'm about to dig into. I don't get that, Lavender. And I know she's being smart, Alec, but I don't get it. <laughs> Unless the French toast has Ebola in it, maybe. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> She'll respond in a minute. <laughs> Yeah, well, she might just be talking about the fact that that doctor was running around on everything. And the the way you get around on the East Coast is a little different than the way you get around uh, in California. Yes. You know, if he was on the subway and at the bowling alley, <laughs> everybody's suspect now. <laughs> but not oh, really I get it then. It's only transmitted by body <laughs> fluids. You have to like that. <laughs> Well, first of all, I'm not even believing that in some cases, and I'll tell you why. But Lavender put, it may be in everything. That's why she says, I'm freaking about this first toast I'm about to dig into, and then she responded, it may be in everything. But Malcolm, I'm not confident that the way they described me as a layperson, like this is the only way you could get Ebola, and I'll tell you why. I think every like everyone's freaking out too fast, too quick, too fast. So... I know it's a virus. They say it's not airborne, but I'm not. I'm not confident that they're confident that you you can can or cannot get it very specifically a certain way. Well, so yeah, I wouldn't be so scared. Uh, have you ever taken a biology course? You know, typically oh. the way viruses work, they work. Mm-hmm. They have certain rules attached to them. That's not to say that those rules can't change. You know, so okay. as it stands right now. Ebola is transmitted this one way. That's why they say it the way they say it. But could it change? But what's the whole purpose of the isolation then? Is it so that well, it's. Well, maybe I get it. Well, the isolation hmm. is. Are you you're talking about what <laughs> New Jersey want to do? Because the, the, the purpose of the isolation there would be to. Um, I'm sorry. Well, the purpose of the isolation there would be to. If anybody comes in from those 
affected areas, they know that the incubation period for this disease is like 21 days. So if you sit there and watch a person 21 days and they don't develop any fevers or any other symptoms, home free. You don't have to worry about them. But you need that 21 mm-hmm. days. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much the reasoning behind that. Because the other part of, this, of that disease is you can't really catch it unless somebody's symptomatic. So unless they already have the fever, like the doctor who had gone out, you know, in New York, well, he was feeling, he wasn't feeling his best, so he, but he went out anyway. Now, I would think as a doctor, maybe he would have thought better of that, but, you know, he's a doctor and he didn't think better of it. So what about the regular people, I mean, who, who aren't doctors? Right. So. Right, I get it. Okay. What else do you have on your list? Um, I don't know. I was, I was sitting here watching MSNBC, and they're they're actually talking more about uh, Michael Brown shooting down in uh in St. Louis, but in the St. Louis area. Yeah. And they're saying people, you know, they're releasing different things. You know, you have marijuana system, and you know, it's the one of the gunshots was actually from close range, which supports the officer's contention that the guy was, you know, charging him or some such stuff. Uh, you know, I find it mm-hmm. all a little difficult to believe, to be honest with you. You know, another side yeah. so crazy. Yeah. Um, in a weird kind of way, I'm very proud of, the protesting that has continued in Ferguson? Yes. Okay. As you should be. I mean, because it's, Thank you know. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. The unfortunate Thank, thing that we I, have in this country is that you. we have. Right. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, you know, because <laughs> the unfortunate thing that we have going on in this country is we do have uh, uh, an, an ordinate amount of shooting of probably shouldn't be shot. So you have... That's right. You know, now, like, look at the thing that happened in New York. Well, the officers that got attacked by this guy with an axe, yeah, they needed to shoot him. You know? Mm -hmm. But on the other end of the spectrum is that officer who pulled up on a guy and told him to reach for a driver's license and he shot him for reaching for a driver's license. That's right. You know, where I'm critical of the police is that, you know, the use of force sometimes is not justified to yes. what they're dealing with. Yeah. It's a problem. It's uh, a problem. It's a problem if you're so scared to where you're gonna pull out your Yeah, if you're so scared to where you're gonna pull out your gun for every little thing. And and right. I, again I'm not a police officer, but uh, I would I hope they've had the training to know that you just can't pull out your gun and shoot everybody. And and, and I would dare say to the majority of officers out there, you know, they're confident and decent. You just have a some that just, you know, are quick to use a little bit more force than necessary. I just think the dances they're not prepared for. Well, but so. you know, the, circ- the circumstances are kind of fluid so that, you know, if, if mm. and one of the reasons that I'm not a police officer, not one of the reasons, many reasons, but excuse me. I didn't. I didn't want it. I never had desire to go into you know a a police position because I recognize that me as as the kind of human being that I am, I might pull out a gun and shoot the 
person, the innocent person, because, you know, more so out of fear. You know, like, well, I'm not going to put myself in danger. I'm going to take you out first. But that's why I wouldn't make a good police officer, you know. Right. I'm, right. I'm great in a lot of other professions, but a you know, police officer is not for me. So there's right. a lot of police officers that should probably, you know, have not gone into the profession because it's not for them. Mm-hmm. There, there's good ones out there, but there's a lot that shouldn't be. Like the, the, the officer that stopped that woman, uh, the actress that you talked about in, in Studio City. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He was actually a pretty good officer because, he, I mean, he reasoned He was. And he smartly had his own recording device. So when she came up and yes. started saying crazy stuff, he was able to be like, oh, no, this is what happened. <laughs> Here's the tape. I... Yeah. Actually, I saw the videotape, and I was impressed with that particular police officer. I was like, hmm, he's doing his job, and they did have to handcuff her because she had refused to bring out ID, which is two different things. She could have. She refused. The boyfriend did pull out ID, and then proceeded to... He's been arrested before, so he knows what what was going to happen. But wait a second. She's not crazy. All he said was, can I have some ID? That's all he said. So both of them, she was supposed to pull it out. She claimed that she had some set of different rights. I'm just sitting here. Like, well, let's cross your ID. It's not that big of a deal. You know, cops were called for a particular reason. It had nothing to do with black or white. They thought maybe prostitution had been going on. Well, so I can say it. But... Yeah, I would I would agree with you. Sometimes when you're dealing with them, it's a lot easier to just uh, It's comply. just not that big a deal. You're on the sidewalk, you're, you're in your car, you're in a parked car. You have to have your ID on you. I'm a, well, it doesn't really matter. The point is, he pulls out his ID, and then she doesn't. She gets handcuffed. He videotapes it. And all of that felt like a setup to me. It felt like well, it probably was. talked about this before, right? But we talked about this before, where I was I was uncomfortable with her statement, and I think we talked about this before because I was like, we have the Mike Ferguson's of the world, we have the Jordan Davises of the world, the Trayvon Martins of the world. We don't need this one black chick making like a viral videos, you know, claiming you know anything racist with the police department, and it's not real. So I don't need that. No, nobody does. It, it 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 gets in the way of the real argument that's going on. You know, which that's is what I was saying about you know, use of force that is not necessary. You know, she was trying to say something that that isn't, so it, it's And did you did you get the update? What, that they might charge oh. her and the boyfriend? Oh, they've they've been charged. Okay. That's they have should. been charged. They have been Fingerprinted. They have been arrested. Yes. Well, that's not a problem for me. It's not a problem <laughs> for me either. Problems, there's a lot of problems in the world. That's not a problem for me. Go ahead. That's not a what. problem for me either. Good. I'm glad. Who are yeah. you to make a false statement like that and think that I was going to have your back? Hell no. There's enough dead boys running around these 50 states. You, I'm, I'm not going to pay attention to. That, that situation was coerced between her and her yeah. drug addict, black addict-looking boyfriend. Well, he's a chef, so, I mean, let's, he, he might be. Oh, he is? He might have, <laughs> he, he might have sure? finished your lunch today. 
I, I no. am sure. He was. No. He looked dirty. No. no. I don't know. He looked like a crack a addict. You, you didn't know he was a chef? Oh, my God. Please don't say that. <laughs> Where does he work? I could never go there. Oh, come on. He looked. Trace. Wait, you, the oh, beauty of chef is. He looked dirty. <laughs> Well, you'll never know. I mean, because the problem is, chefs work in the kitchen, and unless you're in the kitchen, you're not going to see him. So, so anyway, long story short, uh, <laughs> maybe you should eat like at home. Cook your own food. That way, you don't have to worry about the chef that's in the kitchen. I'm just saying, he looked like a crack addict. I'm sorry. Well, why? Because he had a lot of tattoos. No, because he looked dirty. Don't you know, crack addicts, how dirty they are? He looked dirty. Well, I've known some in my in, in my life, but I don't know any presently. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's odd. You've known some? I've known zero. I grew up in L.A., and I was here during the 80s, so I pretty much everybody knew a crack addict at one point. Or not, or not. What? <laughs> okay. You never. But you were in New York. I'm sure they had crack addicts out there. You must have known one or two. Malcolm, what does that mean? Is that are you asking if I've had friends that turned to crack? I have to tell you, I was actually. Listen to me. I was in Harlem. I'm the most ignorant person, naive person you will ever meet. Can I tell you? I'll give you. Let me just give you this story. I'm in Harlem. By this time, I'm, I think I'm married by this time. I'm, I'm pretty sure I was married. And I'm on 130th Street in Convent. I've got a little dog. I'm walking this dog in the park. And every morning, I see these cute little colorful vials. Um, yeah, that and does I, it all right there, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> these cute little colorful vials. <laughs> and I collected them because they were real cute. And they had different bright, like... Oh, so you were colors. picking them up off the ground. I was the picking them up because I'm oh, creative. Wow. I, I'm going to do something creative, and I can't believe every morning there's this presence of colorful vials in the park. What, were you going to make, like, a crack sculpture? Malcolm, I can't tell you. I know that when I read in the New York Times that crack had hit the community, and I went to my kitchen drawer, and I had a drawer full of crack vials. <laughs> Sorry to laugh, but I'm thinking the police so, person in your house, they're going to be like, where's the crack now? <laughs> we know you got it. It's jackpot. If they come to my house, it's jackpot. So I have to say, if, I can't tell you if I've ever met a crack addict. Oh, I, I can't have. say. Well, <laughs> oh, I can't, yeah. But, but back in the day, I wouldn't be able to say crack. I would say drunk. I would say, you know, straight person. I wouldn't have said crack. So have I ever met a crack addict? Ah, uh, okay. Yes, I know I have. had a bunch of crack <laughs> I'm pretty much guarantee you've met a crack addict. <laughs> If you were alive during that period of time, you met one. I can't speak to right now because uh, I don't know what the, the present, you 
the situation. I, I think there are more people on heroin these days. Who knows? I just actually was listening to an NPR program. They were uh, talking about Herbie Hancock's, uh, you know, he did a, a biography of himself. And, um, <laughs> he actually got hooked on crack in his 50s, which was disturbing to me because by, by the time he turned 50, the crack scourge had come and gone, and he he just decided to try it out later on because so he just wanted to see what it was like, I guess. I don't know. But he got hooked. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're talking about one of the, the preeminent piano players on the planet, and, you know, he was hooked on crack. At 50. And I love him, and I didn't know that this, that was his history. <clears throat> yes. Uh mm. That's the world we live in, isn't it? It's just too bad. Mm-hmm. So. But anyway, that, that's the world <laughs> we live in. You know, the other thing I was going to bring up to you is... Um, yes. I, I'm sure you've heard of the ruling Citizens United. No. no? Okay. Well, that, that was a Supreme Court ruling that, that allows these special interest groups to influence elections, right? Oh, uh, okay, uh-huh. Yes. Which will influence elections by giving as much money as they want to to the elections because, you know, we have a lot of yes. uh, rules in place that that don't allow for individual donors to, to give, you know, yes. above a certain dollar amount to any political candidate, which is a good thing because yes. we don't want money influencing the people we elect to hold office that are supposed to represent all of us, right? Absolutely, yes. Well, Supreme Court ruled, you know, that, you know, in the Citizens United case that they could, that these organizations, well, they could give as much money as they wanted. There's no dollar amount limit on it. And and what type of, oh, like, I'm confused, Citizens United can give as much money to a political well, candidate, including, not, well, wait a second, not, including not, running for the president? Including anything. They're called, uh, yeah. Yeah, these are super PACs that allow these organizations. It's not Citizens United as an organization. It's just, that's the ruling. So Citizens United, uh, it, it's all these super PACs, you know, that, that give money to political organizations that are, that allow for uh, um, mm-hmm. access in the political sphere. Anyway, the bottom line about all this is that, that we're in, mm-hmm. we're, we're going through uh, the midterm uh, elections right now. Elections right now. Mm-hmm. And the problem is mm-hmm. that most of the commercials you see, because they're mm-hmm. being backed by these these super PACs, it's nothing but lies. So it it makes it hard it for, your it average, for your average citizen to want to vote. You know, and I think it's it's kind of how would I put it? They're doing this on purpose. They want to confuse uh-huh. everybody where they get you uh-huh. so frustrated with the situation that you actually don't vote. Uh-huh. So I, I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say, I would like anybody listening to vote first, first of all. First and foremost, yeah. vote. Yeah. Okay. Don't listen Malcolm, to what you see on TV. Okay. I got a question for you. What's that? Is this the year that we're voting for governor? How come I haven't seen any advertisements for governor? 
like, you, I don't even know who's you, running against Jerry Brown. Oh, God. Because he's, he's no. just on more political ass than anybody. You're, you're telling me. Well, you might not know he's actually running for governor. No, oh. he is the governor. No, no, no. Jerry Brown is the governor. The guy running against yes. him is Neil Kashkari, right? Oh, Neil Kashkari running for governor. Oh, I have right, seen so you see, You have seen those ads. You just didn't know he was running for governor. But he's on so, TV every five minutes. So, and lying through his mouth is actually possible. But why hasn't that information come across? Like, usually the um, it's very combative, the um, campaign. Say that again. I said usually it's the campaigns are very combative. Well, the thing is, Jerry Brown has a huge lead in the state of California. So, you know, yeah. what People you like see that. a Jerry Brown ad, Jerry Brown's actually talking about some of the propositions that he wants to pass. He's not actually yes. running against Neil Kashkari. He's, Interesting. He's, he's okay. telling you about yeah. Proposition 1, Proposition 2, yes. you know, things yes. that he wants yes. I'm totally confused this year, and I, I'm not ignorant. I'm just not focused. But, you know, it's a little bit of ignorance, and I'm okay with that. I'm comfortable in my skin. However, I got a little confused that this was a governor election year for California. Yes. And then I checked the Internet, and the Internet said, yeah, this is a government election year for California. And I'm getting confused. Even though the Internet said yes, I still didn't believe it. <laughs> Ironically, because didn't I didn't believe that it. It. <laughs> <laughs> They told no, you it was. You're like, no, <laughs> can't be. Okay. Because I just using an aggressive overtone, and you're right. Jerry Brown has been about props and not about like vote for me. So I got a little confused this year. Well, because he's got like a double digit lead in the polls, and he's not really worried about it. Whereas okay. You know, and so Neil Kashkari, you know, he's trying to get this name recognition, but his commercials are funny because he's got the one where the kid's drowning in the pool and he reaches in the same and then he doesn't address the kid anymore. He's like, the kid's sitting next to him like, like a wet puppy dog, and he's just, I'm running for government. This is why he's a wet puppy dog. It is an odd commercial. You know, I'm like, the kid's drowning. And, I mean, I when I saw him, I could pull him up here to, you know, commence this, uh, you know, <laughs> some form of CPR to try to save the kid. But the kid's just sitting there like, thank you for saving me. Is he the same one that has something about, I don't know, with the little African-American picture of the little girl? Is that the same one or is that somebody else? I'm getting confused this year politically. I'm out the of it. African American picture, little girl. I don't remember that. Yeah, one. he goes. Uh, he goes. He goes. We're doing this for, and he mentions the girl's name, and there's this horrible picture of this oh, girl. Oh no 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 no. That's, that's, that's somebody, somebody else. else. Yeah. All right, all right. I'm confused this year. Here's what I can tell you. I can tell you, Malcolm, because you know me. I <clears throat> campaigned for President Obama. You know, I financially have given aggressively to his campaign what I could afford, but consistently and aggressively. Um, and then this year, I don't have the money to give for the Democrats, so I haven't 
Um, but I will get emails from the president, from Michelle Obama, supposedly, from Nancy Pelosi, from, oh, Barbara Shaitan. She she sent me an email. It, Joe well, Biden. Tracy, if you've ever hmm? given <laughs> to one of the political parties, you will be right. it because I get the same email. Yes. Believe me, everyone you've yes. given, I've gotten because we've, get, we've given to the same side now. Had we given yes. to the other side, we would get another set of emails because but, but that's where we're thing. at. I'm not giving money this year. I delete their emails. They will email me back, and they go, don't delete this. They're, they're basically saying, I'm Big Brother. We're watching you. We see that you delete our emails. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding they me? They, they, they're not tied in that well. They can't see that you're deleting their emails. They are not the NSA. You can delete them. They won't. Now come. Oh, my God. I'm telling you. Well, they are telling me no, no, we I, are watching you delete email. your emails. No, that's not what they're telling you, Tracy. I get oh, my God. Emails, but you know why they think you delete The reason they think you delete Because I'm not giving. Because you haven't given them any money. Had you gave them some money, they wouldn't say, we know you're deleting them. They would be like, Ooh, they'd be cheerleading. Tracy, you're the greatest. We love you. So, you know, the well, fact look that at you this. haven't given this them is a time. This is the one the from Joe Biden. This is the one from Joe Biden. He goes, need someone from zip code. They mentioned my zip code. And they go, I know that you're tired of all the emails, Tracy. Really? Yeah, Just I am give us tired. more money. Delete. Yeah, delete. <laughs> <laughs> Been deleting them this year. Don't care. Well, and I'm you have done. a right to delete on. And, and, and I do. The only thing I would tell you is just make sure you vote. Oh, make sure your son votes. Make sure everybody you know votes because the problem is they know that there's such voter apathy out there that, you know, if, if – and there's one side or the other that actually thinks that's a good thing. The fewer people that vote, the better chance we have of winning. So yeah, um, yeah. That's why you have all these, these these different states that have these voter ID laws on the books. And, and uh, Texas recently had got a Supreme Court ruling in their favor, which allows them to have these voter ID things on the books to prevent people from voting. They don't want mm-hmm. you voting. I was talking to somebody, and they said. You know, they asked me, well, to get the voter ID thing is about having an ID to go vote. And and I, what I told somebody is that there are some people that don't have ID. You know, so right. they're registered to vote, but they don't have, you know, they don't have the driver's license because they don't drive. They don't have the ID because <laughs> some of them don't even have access to their birth certificate. Some of them don't have a birth certificate. And so, yeah. you know, it's kind of hard to get the ID, that, that the government ID necessary in order to to be able to go vote. And so, you know, like I say, there's one side that doesn't want you to vote, especially if you're a person of color or because you, those people typically vote a certain direction and they don't want that to happen. They, you know, So the bottom line, regardless of what your affiliation is, is vote. You know, because if we were ever to get 100% um, compliance in the voting process, the politicians would probably be shaking in their boots. And hmm. they probably would we would probably get better laws, better representation. Because right now, because they don't, you know, these special interest groups, you know, that and these super PACs that, that give all this money, that's who they mm-hmm. listen to. They don't listen to people like you or me. You can write your congressman all day long, and he's going right. to probably use, probably use your letter to wipe his behind with it. Mm. So, wow. You know, but then... One of these special interest groups called them up, and they know that they, you know, were responsible for, you know, 
large amounts of money coming into their coffers, they're like, well, what do you need? How can we help you? Mm-hmm. So we can fix all that by everybody voting. Because mm-hmm. that's what, you know, because once a person gets elected, their number mm-hmm. one priority is getting reelected. And if they if they know that the process right now is if such a small number of people are voting, they just have to make sure that they, they appease the, the certain, because usually the people who are, are more bought, bought into the process vote. You know, so if you're a staunch Republican, staunch Democrat, you know, liberal, conservative, those people vote. The people in the middle typically don't, and the people in the middle are the bigger, the bigger uh, groups. So. so are you saying in California there's a vote apathy, there's a problem? It's not just California. It's across the country. It's voter apathy. Okay. Yes, it's a huge problem. It's a huge okay. problem. I mean, we have to, the bottom line, we just got to get more people out to vote. You know, and most people, because I, you know, I talk to people, and it's, most people, there's, there's a lot of people I've talked to that didn't even know there was an election coming up. <laughs> really? <laughs> you didn't know it was no. even coming you know, and this, and this is a major election. This is the midterm. This is a this major is, election, yes. You know, so you have a lot of state issues on the ballot, but you also have, you know, congressional races and Senate races. And, yes, you know, which Dallas, is what, why all these emails, and that's why I'm getting all these emails, because they just want to make sure that their congressional election stuff is well, intact, the Democrats. Yeah, well, I mean, and again, both sides are doing it. So, you, you know, if you were, mm-hmm. had, you, had you given to the Republican Party, you'd be getting another set of emails saying the right. same stuff. You know, oh, my God, right. look what they're doing. And, and we have to prevent or protect or whatever the, the, the message is at that time. And, you know, the best thing that people can do for themselves is turn off your TV when those things come on or turn down the sound. They're going to confuse you. You know, there, there are... Uh, Oh, wait a second. I, I don't know about confusing. I think you have to get to know what the props are. I mean, I get it in the mail. Right. I mean, Malcolm, the first thing I do is act ignorant. It's just fun. However, you have to get to know the props. I would rather somebody be confused and question what they're confused about than to, one, not know or two, ignore. Well, and I agree, you, you should question it. Uh, and the reason I say turn this stuff off is because most people look at it, listen to it, and it confuses them so much it makes them not want to vote at all. So, you know, the best uh-huh. thing anybody can do is just read up on, you know, the stuff that's on the ballot for yourselves. You know, there's nonpartisan information out there that's not going to stop based on one side or the other. It's just like, these are the facts. This is what we have going, um, you know, and... You make your own choice at that point. Yeah. That's the beauty of the Yeah. Situation. But there was one election, and I think it was for gay rights or the marital issues in California that was way, way confusing. I know I was confused, and yes or no, I thought, I thought that I was voting to enact gay marriage, but the way it was worded, on the ballot, the way it was worded, it was actually against if you vote yes. 
that's that going was, back a few years. And I was really upset yeah, that, behind that, that. That was Proposition, proposition 8. But, you know, that was, you know, and, and it did not pass here, but it was overturned right. by the courts because, you know, because Thank it God. was unconstitutional. People were confused. Yeah, I think part of it is people were confused. You got people like yourself who, who picked up, you know, and went the wrong way on it. But yes. So there's, but there are a lot of people religiously who are so against gay marriage that they they're never gonna you know they're gonna vote to make sure that, that it never happens. And I'm like, no, what difference does it make? But that's just me. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I got a couple of sports things, Tracy. Before go for it, because uh, you didn't pick up um, not pick up. You didn't mention Michael Sam. That's one of the things, because Michael Sands was released by the Rams, I mean, the the Cowboys this week. So he presently is out of the job. But not a huge surprise, because presently out of the job, yes, he does not have a job. He's out of a job. What does that mean for a gay athlete? What does that mean? I'm confused, because I thought his stats were pretty good. Well, his stats were pretty good in the preseason. He was a, a rookie seventh-round draft choice. And so he got, you know, the first team waived him because they had too many guys in his position. So the Cowboys had picked him up and put him on the practice squad. And he was doing okay on the practice squad, but the needs of the team, you know, forced them to, you know, they had to get rid of somebody in order to bring on another player that more fit their needs. And then what kind of did Michael Sands in is that the success – of the Cowboys on their defensive line this year. So everybody had their written off going into the year, right? And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, start off, the Cowboys are tied for first place. They're doing great. And so their needs okay. are in a different place. Okay. Let's just go back a little bit because I want to make sure I get something clear here. They weren't in first place when the season first started. Well, when the season first starts, nobody's the first place they haven't played. No, 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 no. So, but they still have they still have a ranking, and I think in their division, they weren't high well, up on the ranking. Well, not that they had a ranking, but you know, you have analysts that are you know the, the NFL's big business, so you have you have a, a particular well two stations that spend an inordinate amount of time. The NFL Network, that's all they do twenty four seven with NFL, and then you have ESPN that. It's not it's not all they do, but they spend a lot of time talking about it. And, and the problem came in with, um, you know, when they were looking at the Cowboys defensively, because the Cowboys, nobody says the Cowboys offensively are a bad team, but their defense was suspect. They did, And in the preseason, which they play, you know, four preseason games, they did pretty terribly. You know, they, they, mm-hmm. they didn't lose everything, but they, they didn't do that well, and it looked like their defense was going to be a problem. Right. Fortunately, the Cowboys going into the season, once the season started and they started playing, their defense has played pretty well. So Okay, so I'm not going to use the same language as you, but I need your help. The Cowboys were at pretty much at the bottom in their division. Not the – well, you know what? They were just average. So the last couple of years they finished right – kind of in the middle of the pack, so which isn't the worst thing in the world, but they weren't. Okay. The Cowboys, the Cowboys, the team have high expectations because of who they are. As they should. Yes, absolutely. So, because.
because they here's why I'm having a problem with this. Okay. Here's why I'm having a problem okay. with this. Because when I did my prediction, I said that Michael Sam would wind up with a team um, that was pretty much like either not doing well or pretty much at the bottom. I think like I said the bottom five is what I think I predicted. Okay. And because I don't know sports, is that pretty accurate? Well, that could still happen. I mean, he got waived by the Cowboys because cause the Cowboys' needs have changed. But the in season. the beginning, right, but in the beginning, the Cowboys, they weren't high up in the, in the, when the when season first started. I'm not talking about right now. I'm talking about when Michael Sam came on. They, in any case. I need to be, like, I need to figure this out. I need to figure out if my prediction was right, and that's why I'm having some trouble. So I'm not well, technical, thing, so it's hard for me your, to, to be the, technical. The thing about your prediction is, is this. Right now, he's unemployed. Yeah. So, you know, there's no guarantee that. <laughs> well, well, well no guarantee thank you. That, that this season that he will be employed because yeah, he won't a, third be. Of the season, a, a third of the season is already Oh, yeah, he won't right. be. Yes, he won't so, be. Okay. Here's my next question to you, though. So my next okay. question is, what are the chances that, one, he was cut because he was gay? What are the chances? And, two, what are the chances of, like, if you think you might know, of him suing or finding something to sue someone over, whether it's gay or not? I really don't care. Like, what are the chances? Again, it has something to do with my uh, prediction. Okay, I can answer both of those questions. The chances mm-hmm. that he got cut because he was gay is, I mean, there's always a chance that that, that they chose that, but, I, you know, the NFL is pretty competitive. So yeah. I would say the chances that he got cut because he was gay is almost none because he's, mm-hmm. here's the thing. I mean, he's a pretty good player. So yeah. you know, some, you know, right. he, may, he may get picked up with, with the, the thing about any sport, professional sports, is based on positions and needs. So you have to be needed, and your position okay. has to be needed. And the bottom line, let's go back to the second part of your question. The second part of your yeah. question was him suing. I would say the chances of that are zero because, you know, I mean, unless, first of all, you'd have to prove it. The second part is that if once he did it, you never get another job in the NFL. So, I mean, it's – You know, if he okay. has any yeah. he has any desire to get a job in the NFL. Right. Because you would think that would be his biggest desire. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get make – a, make a roster someplace. Uh-huh. So, somewhere down the line, I think – he may get a chance, but the problem is, you know, every year there's new players coming into the league. And so mm-hmm. you, know, you have to be able to, you know, if you don't make it this year, yeah, could you come back in? I mean, look at somebody like Kurt Warner who struggled for years before he actually caught on with an NFL franchise. And, you know, look, he's going, probably going to go to the Hall of Fame. But it took him years to get on. I mean, when he came out mm. of college, he was under he was undrafted. Nobody wanted him. He tried with several different franchises. They didn't like him. And the only reason he got to play with the Rams instead of the starting quarterback at the time suffered a devastating knee injury, and 
and he was the next guy in line. He was turns out he was pretty darn good, but mm. that's the only way that he got a chance to play. Okay. So, um. Mm-hmm. So the chance, saying, you feel like the chance of him suing would be suicide? <laughs> well, it, <laughs> it would, would be, be career it would, suicide. It would be career suicide. And, and, and more importantly, having, mm-hmm. you'd have to prove it. I mean, and so mm-hmm. that, that, mm-hmm. you know, it's those kind of things are really, really hard to prove. Unless somebody walked up to me and say, you know, hey, you're homosexual, we're not going to hire you because you're a homosexual. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and and the problem with that is, is, to me, again, is it's it's a team sport, and the, what the, yeah. the team management, the team ownership, the only thing there, most of them, not just somebody like a Donald Sterling, but because he apparently didn't care about winning, but the majority of franchises out there, that's what they care about, winning. Let us win. We're trying to get to the next level. So, you know, if you can help us win, it's great. I mean, but if you're going to cause a problem, like there was a player trader from Seattle last week. His name is Percy Uh Harvin, right? Played in the Super Bowl with him, caught a touchdown. Very, very talented player. But Seattle... Some time, you know, for some reason, traded him in the middle of the season. It was, it was so unexpected. You're like, mm. you know, what the heck? But as it right. turns out, mm-hmm. they were having some internal issues with him that they felt that he was disruptive for the team. So they traded him away for not a whole lot. Mm. They said, you know well, what, we can mm-hmm. we can do better without you. So my problem, to be honest with you, with Michael Sam, my problem, predictively. Psychically, hold on though. Psychically. I'm not, yeah, psychically. (laughs) It's my job. (laughs) I'm in a big man's world, psychically. My problem that I have with my, (laughs) my problem with Michael Sam, I'm not confident, to be honest with you, that he truly, truly, truly wants to be a football player. I think Why that would you he, say that? I don't know. I, I'm not confident he wants to be a football player. I think he wants to go down in history with everyone remembering, and not for the good side, not like being the best player out there or the best gay player out there. I just think it's more important for him to, for everyone to recognize that I am the first gay NFL player I don't really care to play. This is what I want to do. This is the statement I want to make. And I don't want anybody to forget that. But I think he's his own worst enemy. I think in a weird kind of way, he may not be trying hard enough. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, again, there's some ignorance with me when it comes to football. But psychically, I was never in belief that he was going to stay with the football team ever. That he's gonna make this thing, wow. and he is gonna sue somebody. That he he wants to make it ugly. Well, That's how I feel, great. and I think if had it not been for the Ray Rice's of of the world, I think he would have made a statement a lot sooner. So now he has to bid his time and act like he's a great player, but he got cut anyway. And I think he's gonna make a statement. That's not gonna be so attractive, is what I'm trying to say. Well, and, and there are many reasons why I would disagree with you wholeheartedly, uh, <laughs> mostly because, you know, every coach he's played for 
has praised his work mm-hmm. ethic. So if, if he were a guy that was, you know, not trying to make the NFL, he wouldn't actually even make the practice squad because they don't just take people who aren't trying. You have to it, – it's hard to break in. Uh, but I'm uh, saying I don't doubt that he had to get shut down. I don't doubt that at some point somebody had a conversation with him and was like, look, do your job. And he did his job. I don't doubt that. I just, I just think that now that he's cut, that there may have been something going on where he actually didn't perform as well as he could have. I believe that it could have been by design, even if it was subtle. And I just think he's going to, you know, create, like a better him. So I don't know if it's going to be a book deal or a reality show. I just don't think he wants to be a football player, to be honest with you. That's what I'm getting from him. Wow. But again, remember it's psychically. It's psychically. But I'm right a lot. Okay, I got you. But that's that will require a, a whole lot of dominoes lining up, Tracy, and I just don't even see that. It being like that, he, you know, the man tried to make the team, and, and you don't get to where he got without trying really, really hard. And he's a decent player. I don't player. doubt that. He's a decent mm-hmm. player. You know, the, the problem Michael Sam's has, you know, when he went mm-hmm. into the, the NFL Combine last year, the NFL Combine is created to, to, to sort of see who's who and, and where they're at. And so one of the things that came to light during the process is that for a, a person of his position, he's not the fastest guy. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't have a lot of good football skills. It's just some of his individual uh, abilities weren't up to the snuff of some of the people he was competing against. And so general managers, rightly or wrongly, use that kind of as a litmus test on uh, how we want to deal with this player, what, you know, what we expect from the player, what we think he can do. Truth of the matter mm-hmm. is, that doesn't necessarily – that's not a true indicator of a person's football ability. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think Michael Sam's, you know, unfortunately it is mm-hmm. the NFL. So, you know, we used to have NFL Europe, which they don't any longer, which was which mm-hmm. kind of functioned as a uh, uh, lower-level league, sort of as a, a breeding ground for NFL players. You know, but we still okay. have arena football. So the bottom line is, there's a possibility he could still play football, a real good possibility. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on what his desires are. I mean, some guys get cut; they don't want. You know, they say, you know, screw it, it's not for me. And but, and I think I'm just back to like, I'm going to be really clear here. I have no doubt he's a good player. I also have no doubt his PR people were like, the timing off. You know, we can't do the whole Oprah thing. Nobody would allow us to do the whole Oprah thing because he was supposed to get a reality show to follow him, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, NFL was the coach like, on the team didn't – well, his right. coach, which at right. the time was like Jeff Fisher, he's like, man, you're not bringing this circus to my training. We're not I having this attention that. on us. Got it, got it. And so I feel like his PR people were like, do us a favor. Do your job. Stay in the game. Do your job. Try to get on the team. We'll work it out. He gets cut. He winds up with the Cowboys. They say to him again, you got a real problem with the NFL, all this violence. Michael Sam, we can't do this whole gay thing right now. But do us a favor. Do your job. Do your job. Now that he's cut, I just think he's going to come out and he's going to be like, oh, the way I see it, you know, why was I, like, not drafted earlier? Oh, I know why, because I was gay. That's why. And well, I'm going to make a big stink over it. Seriously, and, 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 I, I don't think he but, wants but to be again, an NFL Tracy, player. That's, that's, 
that's such a see. I would disagree. I think he does want to be an NFL player. I think he, what you're what you're saying is so hard to prove. Yeah, and here's the other bottom line: the reason he wasn't drafted as high as I mean, because I'm not mind you, he was the uh, the the player of the league in his conference that he played in, but he's a slow linebacker. I mean, and that's basically what our defensive end, which I mean, they kind of are the same position. But I'm going to love this when I come slow. out right, Malcolm. Malcolm. I, I'm glad you're going because I'm not a predictor. I'm just saying, <laughs> based on based on what I see. He's going to probably try to hook up with another team. In, in fact, the Cowboys may come a knocking again. I mean, because yeah. right now their needs, their needs aren't him. They needed some other positions, but. You know, okay. Oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. So, put. he likes the notoriety more than the hard work. The fame from That's the press. That's true. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> oh, my God. It is. What? As a practice like, player, you don't here's have the thing, Malcolm. Malcolm, here's the thing. He's a, he's gay. And I'm about to say something that could be offensive, but I really don't care. Malcolm, he's a girl. He's a girl. He's a girl. <laughs> you ever watch a commercial with the, when the, the lady is doing the Facebook thing and, and she's got the stuff on the wall and, and her friends are telling her, that's not how that yes. works. That's what I'm telling you. That's not how this is. <laughs> I, I know you have psychic ability. I got that, but that's not how this works. I got a headache. No. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> now when I see that commercial. <laughs>
broke up there, Tracy. Oh, that lavender welcome is too funny. Uh, well, I'm glad she's entertained. <laughs> That's what this is all about. We should all be. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. All right, Malcolm. Have a good week. You too, Tracy. Yeah. Uh, you have a great one. Um, and tell your, I hope your son's, well, your grandson gets you. over whatever malady affection is affecting him. And, um, well, I'm sure I he'll be fine. my son and his little Ebola ass to the ER, and he got some meds, so he'll be fine. All right. It was hard for me to leave this morning because they spent the night last night, and it was so hard for me to leave this morning. I just want to, like, I'm a nurturer, so I just want to carry him on my back. Like, I'm like that kangaroo. I want to stick him in my stomach and let him stay there, so. Don't do that too much. (laughs) (laughs) Not my child, I know. (laughs) You'll damage the boy. You you want him to grow up and be strong and, you know. I know. Be like his dad. I mean, you know, because he's you know, he like his daddy son. and his mommy. I, I I don't know what I'm doing in the middle of all this, but he loves both of them. <laughs> sure. All right, Malcolm. Yeah, he does. He really does. But it's so funny. Just before you go, I can never get this kid to collapse on my shoulder, which is a very easy thing that a mommy does. But to some the grandmommy, he doesn't collapse on me. But he was so sick. And he collapsed on me, and I was like, yes, finally, I get, you know, get to feel him on my shoulder, get to nurture him that way. In any case, Malcolm, have a good week. You too, Tracy. I'll talk to you next time. Okay, take it easy. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. All right, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed that hour. We went a little bit too long, but I think we went long because... I was prevented from having the show last week. It's a long story. In any case, for those of you just tuned in, um, my mentor, my psychic mentor has passed away, and I put a tribute to her in the beginning of the show before Malcolm and I started talking. So I invite you to um, listen to the words that I offered up at her memorial service yesterday. So the first person I'm going to bring on is 619. Oh my goodness. Hello, Hello, honey. (laughs) How are you? I'm good, and you? Not bad. You actually sound really good. Oh, yeah, just just chilling, relaxing on pins and needles, and you know about what. How's your classes? Uh Uh-huh. Well, first of all, how's your classes? Oh, they're going pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. I'm taking a public they speaking class like so I can learn to not, like, ramble. I need to learn how to, like, stop it and get my point across. <laughs> oh, my God. Let me tell you, one of one of my desires is to be a public speaker. That's one of my mm-hmm. ultimate goals is to, be, is to go around the country being a public speaker on empowering women and their relationship issues. Because yes. we've lost, thank you, we've lost, we've, we've lost our vaginas. We've lost them. Mm-hmm. You know, and and they're, our vaginas are very, very powerful, but we forgot yes. that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So that's one of my desires. How I'm going to wind up doing this one day, I can't tell you. But in any case, at the memorial service yesterday, 
I had to publicly speak. Oh, my God. I was so nervous. Trust me. I understand. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm never going to public speak. These bitters. I was so nervous. Yes. Oh, my God. Apparently, I did a good job, but. You know, when you hear yourself speaking in the moment, it's almost an out-of-body experience. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt like I kept saying to myself, don't be nervous, be slower, you know, yes. speaking, let's trust the mic. That's what I kept saying, trust the mic. Because I felt like I was there, then I was watching me, and then I was talking to me, and then I was speaking, you know, so weird. Yes. And I was like, either I have to do more public speaking to practice for what I think I want to do for the rest of my life or I'm just not do it. <laughs> so I'm, uh, it's interesting that you said that's a class that you're taking because that's a hard thing to do. It is because, you know, I took it because you were saying that, you know, that's something that I could be doing, you know, later on. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to take this class and see. So I get there and the teacher's like, you know, you're a natural. And I was like, are you serious? I thought I was going to melt in jello in front of the class. Like, <laughs> Natural. I was like, oh my god, that was the most nerve. Because it was the first day, and she made us do a public speech the first day. Coming in, she's like, you're gonna over and you're gonna push you guys out there. <gasps> just put us out there, and I was like, Good oh my god, like, oh my, my hands were like sweating. I swear, I was like, I need to take off my shoes. I think my socks are wet. Like, oh my god. <laughs> uh, what? Good for her. What yes. a good teacher. Exactly, exactly. And now I'm like, okay, next time I think I'm ready. I'm ready. Now I can yes. put myself through the visualization yes. process because she already yes. shocked me. <laughs> she's already shocked you. You got your nerves over with. And by the way, like you have your cell phone, so practice in front of your cell phone. Yes. You know what I mean? We have tools now to to play a better, you know, presentation. So practice mm-hmm. on your cell phone. Record yourself. Look at it. And then decide, okay, I need to make these adjustments so that the next time you're in front of the podium speaking, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, you're like, okay. But I got to tell you, just from your voice, because, you know, this is what I do for a living, so I listen to people uh-huh. and I listen to the intonations of their voice, you sound more confident. I don't yes. know if it has anything to do with the public speaking aspect of it or just in general, but something's definitely either growing about you or changing or I just, maybe I feel like you're just becoming a woman. Does any of that make I sense? I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Everything. Yes. I've been having, like, dreams, like, just crazy. Of like It's almost like, I don't know who it is, God, angels, guys, they're, like, just Follow me. You'll be okay. You're on the right path. That's like, right. So I feel like I'm yeah. blindly, but I'm on the right path. That's how I feel. Like, I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm doing this correctly, but it feels right. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's all you have to do. I think and one of the things I like to tell people is that they showed up. And it sounds like you showed up. You showed up to go back to school. You know, you're present. You have a presence of mind when you were having your employment issues to go back to school. Mm-hmm. And I would have to agree that you're absolutely on the right track. And the other thing I want to be able to offer up to her from staying in school. Yes. Yeah. Because remember, part of what 
I know that's going on is there, you know, with your workman's comp issue, they're making sure that you don't get any money. Yes. But you did not allow that, which is huge. Money is huge. You did not allow that to stop you from going to school because somebody else, and maybe it's a good reason that you went first, somebody else who's listening would have the same kind of situation or fears and may go back to school, may go back to work at, you know, a Walmart or Target or something like that and yes. deter deter their their life because mm-hmm. money made them scared. When in actuality, certain jobs that you take, if it's like, you know, less than $8 an hour, less, $8 is nothing, but if it's even less, you know what, fuck it. You might as well stay in school because there's just no exactly. value in it. Stay in exactly. school. Get your education. Sacrifice. Exactly. So, and I, I love the fact that you have been consistent. So, you know, you're not really asking me, are you doing the right thing? I think you already know it. Mm-hmm. And good for you because that's the confidence that I think I'm hearing in your voice. <laughs> Thank you. You know? Yeah, well, yes. give me a question. <laughs> okay, so I'm wondering, so I had my little, mm-hmm. like, appointment that I was telling you about. So I'm wondering A&E or if, something? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm wondering, mm-hmm. if, is this going to be it? Like, or are they going to be trying to pull some more schemes? Like, cause just, oh, just, what know, does I'm that mean? I want to know if it's the end. You know how they're trying wow. to drag it on, like, oh, wait. We don't agree with his opinion. Hey. We're going to speak to another doctor. Then I got to wait six months again, and ugh, it's just aggravating. Yeah. Um. Well, let's look at that because I happen to know with workman comp cases, it can it can last a long time. What I my mm-hmm. desire for you is for you to start getting some money in, and the case yeah. still continues. That's what I desire for you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, but workman comp cases, they, they can go on for, you know, anywhere between um, two, you know, two years plus. But meeting up with the AMA is part of the, uh, it's part the of process. moving forward. Right. But yes. I think there's a QME that you have to meet up with, too. Oh, that's, um, the QME is, is, um, that's if either even if you don't have a lawyer or your lawyers like they agree to just one doctor, so that's a cue me. But if they kind of argue about what doctor they want you to see, then they'll start oh. passing off doctor. They'll a and me. Oh. Yeah. So if they just agree, okay. like they're both like, oh, the first doctor we choose, like, oh, we agree, Q and me. So, a and me is last or Q? What are you saying? AME is oh, last. Oh, AME. Oh, QME. Yeah, the, the, QME is the one that both sides agree to. The QME is the one that both sides agree to. The QME is the one that both sides agree to. The QME is the one that both sides agree to. The QME is the one that both sides agree to. The QME is the one that both sides agree to. The QME is the one that both sides agree to. The um, well, let me tell you, first of all, keep up with the sacrifice. Um, the next 12 months are going to be critical, then that your case will go on for another year, okay? Okay. 
Okay. With that being said, keep up the fight. Okay. Okay. So I appreciate that. Um, I think money will start to come in. If if that's what you if that if that's your question, I think that the insurance company will begin to pay you. Okay. Um, I get the nine of pentacles, which means you are swimming in money. It means that you should not want for anything. Okay. Particularly, particularly within the next year, and I don't know how it works for you with the back pay, but I would think that it would include the back pay. Because oh, yeah. yeah I it'll, did, be, it'll be two years yeah. in January already. And I think that's why I see you swimming in money, swimming in okay. money. Because I get the Nine of Pentacles, which is this woman <clears throat> that has so much money, she doesn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And then and then I also get the Ace of Pentacles, which um, complements the Nine of Pentacles. You understand? Like, they just go together. Yes. So I think, without a doubt, a decision will be made um, to start paying you for your disability, particularly within the next year. Once a decision is made, it will be paid for the next year. Um, I do believe that you will, hold on a second, you will get the back pay. And then I believe between the start of paying you this year, before the year is up, they will settle the case. Uh, See, that's, you know what, it's funny to when you said that, it's like I'm not concerned about money. It's more of like I just want to be free. Like it's not even like free. Like oh, I want to do a backflip. Not like that. It's like I understand. It's almost but like remember, being in your parents' house, and then you turn 18, and you're like, I'm free. Like woo. Like, yes. <laughs> it, it, well, you get what I'm trying. Be, to do. <laughs> I do. And being fair to you, you don't have to say much because this is a lawsuit. So. Yes. You do not have to say much. I can talk because I'm the crazy psychic, okay? The way I put it is the way I put it. Okay. Okay? What you say, don't don't add to it. You do not need to add to something that's a lawsuit. Okay, got it. But what I say, fuck it. Well, they're going to pull me in? Good luck to that. They're not going to pull me in. They're not going to jeopardize my ass. My point to you <laughs> My point to you is you should get your back pay and then you should get, you know, bi monthly checks for the next year. Now mm-hmm. I'm not sure what your condition is. Uh-huh. I wanna make sure that you take care of your condition. So with the yes. money that you get awarded, um you make sure you take care of that because... Yes, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Thank you. Between now and nine years from now, um, this condition could come back to haunt you. But if you take care of it while you have nice young bones, it's just not an issue in the long haul, if that makes any sense. Also, I also want to offer up. I'm not really sure what your condition is. I'm not asking at this point. Yes. Again, because you have a lawsuit, so I have no interest in you stating your case. 
Um, There's a lot of stem cell research being done now, and they're always looking for um, candidates. So if you've got a condition, check it out on the Internet. If there's something that stem cell research can um, help help out, hold on a second. Uh I have knee issues, and there's a couple of companies, one in San Diego, one in Colorado, that can – I think they can recreate the gel between your knees, the, the meniscus. They can uh-huh. re, like, literally rebuild that from, from stem cells. Like stem cells are amazing. Um, and so that is something I'm definitely going to opt for rather than have the normal surgery, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So look into stem cell research. Um, okay. But I see that you will be uh, more than fine. They, they are telling me to tell you to continue to fight. Stand strong, okay. continue to fight. And it's not an aggressive fight. It's just kind of like, this is my issue, period. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to go yeah. all, you know, angry black girl. It's like, this is my issue, period. And stand yeah. strong. You will be successful. Okay. <clears throat> okay. All right? How's your son doing? Oh, he's doing great. Is he? Jumping off now, the bed, you... jumping off the bed, jumping off the chairs. I'm like, oh, oh Lord. Oh. And I'm like, enjoy it. Be Superman all you want. <laughs> oh, he's a boy, right? Yes. And he's four? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's the, the jump, the jelly. The, get him a beanbag. Like, it's ridiculous. Oh, How yes, they yes. don't I gotta... break something is amazing to me. But I had a boy. I remember that age bracket. I, I just don't get boys. Like, you just kind of stand there and go, why? Why? Exactly. <laughs> I put pillows You're all so over the floor. Confused. I take out the chair cushions. Like, <laughs> yes. Oh. Yes. Yes. You just kind of go. Because when you're a girl and you have a boy and it's your only, you just kind of go, I just never knew boys acted this way. Why? So, yes. it, uh, how much sugar is I, when I when my son was four? I found out that he was allergic to uh, processed sugar. Oh. So the cereals that I was giving him in the morning was wiring him up way too much yes. for school. So I I started giving him what my sister called generic. She used to call what I gave him generic cereals, and then when she went to mm. his house her house, which was on the weekends, he can have it on the weekend. We used to call like something like Quaker Oats or Frosted Flakes even designer cereal because he was not mm-hmm. allowed to have cereals with sugar in it. Yes. It made him crazy. So you might want to check into his sugar contact and curtail that. If 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 that's something that you see he bounces off the wall after he finishes eating. Yes. Yeah. I'll definitely look into that then. Mm-hmm. Any other questions? Um, no, that's it. I mean, you pretty much already answered about me being on the right track. So other than that, yeah, like, yeah. I'm, and the crazy, just, the crazy boyfriend, does he still show up? Oh, gone. I, gone? I don't know where he's at. <laughs> oh yay! <laughs> Oh, yes. she's so happy. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Finally, he got the message. Lord have mercy. Yes. Okay. You need like, to be free. Uh, 
You need yeah. to be free for somebody else to come along. So I'm glad that he's gone. Because I know he was kind of, he was worrying you a little bit. Yes. So I was like, yes. All like, right. I just keep felt going. Like... What was that? No, what was that? You said you just felt like what? Oh, no, I was just saying, like, once I finally felt the burden of him gone, it was just like, I can breathe now. Like, <laughs> Yes. You can leave your house now without checking through the window. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just sad he never got arrested. Oh. Yeah. So <laughs> bad. But, that's, all, hey. that's only because I need to be right. That's my ego. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be right all the time. He never got arrested. But Malcolm's Malcolm's um segment was funny because he didn't believe me about the whole Michael Sam thing. Good luck with that because I have a need to be right. So I'm going to yeah, watch Michael Sam make totally, me right. I totally see where you're coming from with that Michael Sam thing. It's just you know how yeah. it's two it's two eagles. And both of you yes. guys are like, nope, I see it this way. And he's like, nope, I see it that way. But I totally get where you're coming from. I totally, yes. I totally get it. Like, he did just enough to get into, like, you know, okay, he worked hard his whole life to be a football player, just like you said. No doubt. He saw the fame. He was like, oh, forget this. Why am I going to bang up my body when I can just smile for yes. the and make the same amount of money? And I love yeah. being, like, pampered and people, like, being all googly-eyed over me. Like, right, I, I, right. I totally get it. Like, what you're trying to say. <laughs> so I need Michael Sam to be, I need him to sue somebody. Yeah, and I, the only reason why I think Dallas Cowboys, like, put him on the practice squad was so that they don't look bad. Like, that was a whole, like, scheme for the NFL, like, I don't oh, even think he really tried to be on the practice squad. They just don't want a lawsuit. I think they're just like, okay, a team let him go. We need to make him so good. So we're going to take another team to pick him up and so and that we don't get a lawsuit. Yeah, exactly. And you think that he doesn't know that, which is why the lawsuit's coming anyway. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and they're they're probably paying him anyway. Like, just stay quiet. Somebody the is paying you know him. He's set up for life. He's set up for life, and he knows it. Like, he doesn't have to worry. That's my. Po- oh my God! I-, I bow down to you. Exactly. Yes, that's my point. He's probably you're right. He's probably well taken care of, and you know he's participating in some group that's going to be so happy to take the NFL to task. Blah 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 blah. Exactly. Exactly. But I get where Malcolm's coming from where he's like, there's no way somebody would try that hard and, you know, work the whole life for this and then just give it up. I get what he's saying, but... Like he so says, do I, though. I get what he's saying, too. So do I. But my favorite part of when he was like, you know, that commercial is like, that's not how any of this works. Oh, my God. That was too funny. That was so funny. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. All right. Girl, get going. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Take it easy. All right. You too. Bye. Okay. Bye. Ow. Hey, Tracy. How you doing? Um, I was doing great for most of the day. And? This, 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 I went to this new restaurant. 
to pick up some brunch, uh-huh. and it was one of the worst services I've gotten in my life. I've gotten in my life. What? Why? It, it took them almost 40 minutes to make French toast. <laughs> okay. And then 40 minutes, 40 minutes for French toast, 40 minutes for French, two pieces of French toast, 40 minutes. Oh, and my then, God. And then when she came over, so it was hot, you know, there wasn't any other dressings on it. And then she came over she with, came over like, with some, like, cold syrup that cold she just got out of the refrigerator. And then I ordered orange juice. And the orange juice is, you know, you go to the grocery store and they have the orange juice in a can that's really cheap. That's really cheap. No, that's what it tasted like. like they, they charged me $4 for it. And then uh, uh, eight, 4 or $5 for it. And then 8 for the French toast. And then they finally tell me it's cash only. So I gave her a 20 And she looked at it and she was like, you don't want change, right? And I was like, yeah, I'm doing my change back. You're not getting a $7 tip. Are you kidding me? Ooh. And she's Ooh. over there. Both of them were over there with the dude Wait. at the bar drinking mojitos the entire time. I was so annoyed. I really was. <laughs> Wait a second. $7 for takeout? A $7 tip no, for takeout? It was, <clears throat> right, right, right. Do you, you don't so, want your change, do you? And I was there. I was like, yes, I want my change. Oh, my God. Mm. Desi just texted in, and Desi's like, she got that concentrate. <laughs> that, that's, that's exactly that's, what it was. I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here drinking this and eating this. And it's supposed to be French brioche bread. It tastes like regular Texas toast. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm not eating there again. But my day has been grand, except for, you know, 40-minute French toast, fake French toast. Hello. Oh, Lavender. Hello. Yeah. I'm oh here. my God. I had. I had. <laughs> I keep coughing, so when I cough, I put the person on mute. I kept doing it oh. in the first hour, and because I'm texting back and forth as I'm talking with you, I forgot to unmute it. I'm so sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, you know, that's that's it. That you know, I had a great day and some horrible mm-hmm. French toast, and I'm never going to that restaurant again, ever. Well, that that was my question. Have you ever been to that restaurant? No, I just walked past it because I I have an appointment later on today, and I'm all uh-huh. the way in Brooklyn which is like an hour, uh-huh. an hour and a half where I live, so I wanted to be here. Um, now, so where do you normally to... live? Um, I live in Manhattan, you... but uptown. You live in Manhattan. Wait, uh-huh. what do you mean hour and a half? Where are you in Brooklyn? Manhattan and Brooklyn are right there. I'm, I'm, I'm really far into Brooklyn. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. 
uh, this sugar whole thing bear. started. Yeah, whatever. whatever First of all, I don't. <laughs> I'm not in the habit of watching trash TV. Oh, doesn't uh-huh. just say said the same thing. I'm not in the habit of watching trash TV. Okay, that's not my game. And I'm sorry, America. I know this is a very very popular show. This was a train wreck waiting to happen, and I'll tell you why. These people weren't growing. These people were deciding that their presentation is what America likes, so we're going to do that and work. And whenever you get in front of the public eye, you can start out in one place. You need to grow. The whole purpose Mm -hmm. of getting more money and being in the public eye is showing people that we're, we're leaving the white trash you know, quote, unquote, I apologize for anybody for that statement. I, I didn't make up the statement. I didn't do it. But, but I didn't do it. I'm just saying. What? You, yeah, you start out one way, and it's okay to show the world that we've evolved, that we've grown, that we have some morals. But somehow, everybody thought it was cute to watch them stay in that muck. That well, is that. Well, I don't. I don't want that show. I don't. Preach. I don't watch that show, but I find it funny the reaction to. Reaction to. Oh, someone's about to get in a fight. About to get in a fight. Um, uh, I find the reaction to this show, and uh, what's that other one? Duck Dynasty. Um, yes. Very funny compared to shows like Basketball Wives or Flavor of Love. Um, where... no, 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 no. Go ahead. But don't get it what? twisted. Don't get what? it twisted. I think that Love and Hip Hop Atlanta uh-huh. is trash. I think it's trash. Excuse me. <clears throat> Period. And the fact that we keep support, we, we, meaning black folks, keep supporting that trash, those people aren't going to grow either. That's another train wreck waiting to happen. Well, the point of most reality shows isn't really for growth. It's just to see trash and feel better about yourself while you're watching trashy people on TV. I going hear on that. Over there? What are you, you about know. to get into? <laughs> I'm not about to get I'm anything. I'm leaving. I hear that laugh. Laugh. I'm calling you laugh because um, Desi just called you laugh. Desi, I'm copying you. I hear that lavender. However, there has to be some part of somebody's psyche, somebody's psyche, somebody's PR team that decides, I might be in this reality show, but I'm going to become this person. What is a person? Yeah, no. <laughs> no. I mean, the little girl, honey, like, I, I just find it unacceptable that anybody thinks that she should be allowed to grow in this mess. This is just, this was bound to happen. I, I don't understand that show, um, so I can't really say anything about it. And to be honest with you, I can't really put, to be honest with you, <clears throat> I'm not going to put Duck Dynasty in the same category. They didn't present themselves in the technical sense of white trash. I didn't see that. I, I, I saw they had a unique twist, and that was the new the unique twist, but 
I thought that they had some morals. I thought that they had some order and some structure. How big they are against, you know, certain categories of other people, that's a problem. <laughs> you worded that so carefully. <laughs> but I see where that grouping of people, they, they definitely do have substance. I also think that they're trying very, very hard to keep their marriages intact. I think they're trying really, really hard as Duck Dynasty people to raise healthy children. So I'm not, I'm not mad at Duck Dynasty. I'm mad at hell with the whole, you know, June, Honey Boo Boo, Papa, Papa, whatever his name is, Papa Lugini. Oh, I'm mad at Sugar <laughs> <laughs> someone, someone, uh, someone called him um, Stevia Bear. Uh, <laughs> someone called him Stevia Bear, the sugar substitute. Stevia. Stevia, Stevia Bear. Okay. All right, that's funny. But in any case, what's going on? <coughs> oh wait, no, that's that's the question. The question no. is, what's going to happen to the children? Yeah. That's a great the, question. The, I'll tell you right two, now. The two youngest ones specifically. <laughs> How old are the two youngest ones? You know, I have no idea. They're minors, though. Okay. We know Alana is minor. There's one under her or one above her? Pumpkin or something like that. I don't know. I don't know how how old they are. I just remember, because I was looking at it this morning, and the pictures of her shopping for a house with this guy, she had her two younger daughters with them in the the photos. (laughs) Then you said she was going to pay for this house. I think she already bought it. So she bought she bought a house for with that whose money? Who, with whose exactly, money? Exactly. Her youngest daughter's Her money. Daughter's there's a oh dear. According to Lavender, there's one over her, meaning Honey Boo Boo, who's thirteen, and one who is sixteen. So there's three underage kids. Oh wow! Wow. Mhm. I'm checking this. Give me a second. I just need to think. Hmm. Um. Um. Interesting. Um. First of all, I don't know if Honey Boo can get pregnant again. I definitely see her getting pregnant again. Let's just start there. Oh, not Honey Boo Boo. Not Honey Boo Boo. June. Ma- Mama, Mama June. Mama June is getting pregnant. She's probably going to have twins. Either two kids, back-to-back, or twins. Um, I don't know if she wow. can still get pregnant. I think she's going to get pregnant, and I don't think it's going to be by design, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know that TLC has canceled them. I hear that. Mm -hmm. And ethically, I feel like they did the right thing, ethically. Mm -hmm. I think there's a little confusion and a little backlash that comes to TLC. Oh, of course, because people are already, people are already questioning them for putting these people on the show in the first place. And then, yes. because it happened so quickly, other folks are wondering, yes. 
Well, did they know this all along? Yes, yes. Okay. And I was going to say that too. Okay. I feel like TLC is going to fight against the public. Like, I feel like there's a fight coming. I'm, I think it's I think it's weird, but I I think it's the same category of people that have made um, <clears throat> this show popular that is now kind of saying, but what if it were me? What if it were me? Like, would you do this to me? So, with that being said, I don't see the show ending, quote unquote. I see where TLC is going to pick it up in a more of a documentary type of thing where they're going to follow particularly Honey Boo Boo to the end. Uh-huh. So I don't see this ending. I have to be honest with you. I, 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 it's, TLC can't drop the ball. There's something about what TLC is doing right now that the backlash goes against TLC. So I feel like TLC is going to play daddy here. They're going to call in every psychiatrist, every monitoring, blah, 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 blah. They're going to call in people to really make sure that Honey Boo Boo grows up healthy. But I also well, you feel know, like they're going to document it. They're going to document it. It's not like they're going to funny. do the right thing. Why? Because they offered the eldest girl um, uh uh, therapy. <clears throat> oh, okay. <laughs> Today, I think. <clears throat> okay. Well, I think they're going to go a step further. Hold on a mm-hmm. minute. Because of the backlash, I think TLC needs to prove to people that they weren't trying to make money off this pathetic family. We're better than that. We care about Honey Boo Boo or whoever. Uh-huh. And yeah, I okay. Think they, right. I think they're going to need to prove it to people. And this is why I'm getting it from a documentary standpoint. So remember, TLC is called the Learning Channel. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to turn it around so that this is an experience about what do you do when you've been molested and turn it around into a learning experience and then use them as an example. Sorry, hold on a second. Hey, honey. Hey, honey. Don't leave me. Stay right there, okay? Okay. Um, <clears throat> so there's a little bit of confusion. I feel like TLC is like, everybody stop. Stop. We're not going to do what you think we're going to do. We didn't abandon these people. And and I think they're going to turn it around into a learning experience in a documentary form to show people we care. We're the channel that cares. So I don't uh-huh. see it ending. I see Honey Boo Boo coming out swimmingly. I also see her as growing up as, you know, old, like not so much, you know, the – like overweight little girl. I, I even see her losing weight. I, I just see major, major changes happening. And I, ironically, it's going to be because of TLC. I, this, that's the irony of it. That's crazy. Some, Are there any I wonder how uh-huh. 
people who kind of grew up on TV in these reality shows, once they mm-hmm. grow up and the show's over or it evolves, how do they feel mm-hmm. about how they were presented in the beginning? Well, here's the thing. Reality, <laughs> reality shows are still new. It's evolving. So I think this, this new aspect of what they're going to do, I keep mentioning Honey Boo Boo, of what they're going to do with Honey Boo Boo will have everything to, like, you're going to be able to, like, hear her say that. And the good part about Alana is that she is very, very vocal. I think she's going to look back on it and say, that was disgusting. I can't believe that we actually did. I think she's going to turn this around. I think she's going to wind up maturating into a young woman and not the sloppy girl that everyone thinks is okay to watch her grow into. All right, Lavender, I hate to do this to you. I got to get up out of here. Okay. All right. For everybody else, thank you for tuning in. But I got to make money. My job. So I went over with Malcolm last week. I won't do it next week. I apologize. Everyone have a good uh, have a good uh, have a good week. Have a good experience. Give me a call for your own personal readings. Eight one eight nine eight five two zero one zero. All right, lad. Take it easy. All right. Bye. Bye.